Thank you everyone for tuning in to this conversation. My name is Yapsara Tab. I am a senior design for social impact major here at IWU. And I started facilitating these conversations last semester as part of my senior thesis research, exploring the well-being of black women in America, more specifically in predominantly white institutions. And I had the privilege of holding incredible conversations with faculty, student, and staff here at IWU. This conversation is with my dear friend Clarice Umubie. Clarice is a sophomore social work major. She has been such a blessing to me to have her as a friend for the past couple of years. Clarice is one of those friends that you can rely on, you can count on, you can be real and authentic with, and I am so grateful for our friendship. And Clarice and I relate on, a, on so many levels. We are both from East Africa, Clarice is from Rwanda, I am from Ethiopia, and we talk a lot about our culture and so many things that we relate with as being East Africans. And Rwanda is on the top of my list of places to visit. My parents were in Rwanda a couple years ago and they absolutely adore the place. And um, I was at school at the time, so I wasn't able to go with them. But that's definitely a place I want to go. And Clarice and I would plan on going together. Um, so Clarice, thank you for your willingness and your generosity to uh, record this conversation with me. Clarice and I will just talk about our experiences uh, adapting to American culture and what that was like. And more specifically, we would just talk about um, Clarice's incredible initiative to create community here at Iowa amongst uh, African students and create a specific group that um, is just made up of African students that is um, designed to just create community and talk about things that are going on in Africa and create community that way. So thank you Clarice for your initiative to step into that role. So without further ado, let's get into it. How are you doing today? Um, I'm good. <laughs> How are you? I'm great. How was your Saturday? I guess it's noon. Saturday afternoon looking like. Busy, but I do want to take a nap in time. Yeah, I, I get that. It's been a long week for sure. Even though it's only the second week of school. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah. How is the semester looking? Busy. It's very busy. busy. What is your major and like what is keeping you busy? I'm a social work major and I'm taking mostly social work classes except one that's it's kind of a social work class but I don't see why I need it. It's a math class. Um, <laughs> oh, it's a math class. Yeah, it's a general statistics and it's just it's too much reading and I'm very slow at reading. Um, in math, I don't understand math, so mm -hmm. it's, it's a lot. And then I'm working 10 hours oh, this wow. semester, so it's it's all over the place. My schedule's all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, math is not my favorite. 
I also have to take math this semester, and I'm taking computer programming, which is supposed to be like, you get a math credit for it, but it's supposed to be easier. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. It's only been two weeks, and no, not a fan so far. <laughs> Me too. I got a tutor though, so hopefully that's going to help. Yeah. That's great. So tell me about if you want to share a little bit about you and like your story and like who you are, who is Clarice? Um, I'm still trying to figure out who Clarice is myself. That's a good question, so am I. But um, I would say hmm, Clarice is pretty quiet to the people that she doesn't know mm -hmm. and sometimes I can like be like yeah she, she people think I'm very mysterious mm -hmm. um for because I just I don't like talking to people that I don't know if I'm comfortable <laughs> around you I'm gonna talk and you're gonna get annoyed but, <laughs> but when I don't know it's like yeah stay away kind of thing mm -hmm. um but I I'm very like just I like to keep to myself, mm -hmm. um, which has been already that's how I've, I have always been. Mm -hmm. But um, like the last three years, I've been coming out of my shell mm -hmm. uh, little by little, and um, I'm not all the way there. But I've been I I wouldn't like be having this conversation right now mm -hmm. if you, in uh, in the last three years I could have been have told you I can't do it because mm -hmm. I just didn't think of myself as uh, I don't know this person that has a voice kind of thing mm -hmm. and so I I'm still forming I'm like a flower I'm still like mm -hmm. um, everything is kind of, is um, still forming mm -hmm. I I'm from Africa um, I was born in Rwanda but I lived in Congo for like two, three years, mm -hmm. um, and I had to leave it because of war. Mm -hmm. And then I became a refugee overall, even though that's where I was born. Mm -hmm. And I lived in uh, camp for um, seven, eight year, years, um, and then in uh, 2014, God. Was like yeah I'm, I'm changing you guys' life wow. and so me and my family came uh, to the United States and in, in Indy that's where we um, first lived and mm -hmm. that has been our home in the United States I guess mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah I got here I didn't speak English I learned English mm -hmm. still learning English mm -hmm. um, I'm the first um, uh, person to go to go to college in my family so oh, that's, that's like exciting. that's cool yeah um yeah um, uh, I have s about we're all nine kids from my my dad had two wives so like mm -hmm. and my in my side of the family I'm the oldest one we we have four kids three girls and one boy and then the other family is like four boys and just one girl mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I like to 
um i've been using this morgan for i don't know how long but in when i find myself in a situation where i'm asking to be loving or show love mm -hmm. I, I always say yes even though sometimes i i don't want to mm -hmm. but like i feel like when i do that and and people are happy or the it just gives me some kind of joy mm -hmm. um i'm measuring to be a social work that's that's been hard because mm -hmm. I still haven't been accepted in the major yet, but I'm applying this semester. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I want to just uh, for now what I want to do with social work is to um, just go out there and help other immigrants, be the ones that are here, the ones mm -hmm. that will be coming, because mm -hmm. I I feel like I understand where the, all the struggle that they go through as yeah. I was one mm -hmm. or is one. Um, so yeah, that's that's me. Oh, that's really cool. Thanks for sharing that. Mm. Yeah, I I relate with a, a little bit of your story about coming here from Africa and like not knowing the language. So like learning English was a journey. Definitely. Um, what was your experience like, and when you first got here, like as you were kind of adapting to the culture in America? Honestly, it was very hard. Mm -hmm. um, I was supposed to, when I got here, I was 14, and 14 uh, uh, teens are supposed to start in high school, mm -hmm. but I, I kind of wanted to go in middle school because then high school just is it's too much and I didn't speak any English it was, mm -hmm. and I had only been here for like two months when school started mm -hmm. so it was like uh, yeah yeah um so they agreed and they were like yeah you can start in eighth grade and let me tell you yeah. it was it was something mm -hmm. um <sighs> There's so much story we wouldn't yeah. even like, <laughs> we wouldn't even, like have time to go through it all of it. Yeah. But um, I I got help. There there were um, great teachers in Indy who were very um, like very committed to um, mm -hmm. making sure I understand things, mm -hmm. even though they were explaining it in English, but I wasn't like I was they would every time we had an assignment we would get out me and other Spanish students mm -hmm. were also learning English and um, they would go we would go outside and they would try to explain as best as they can so we can also um, do assignments like other students even though half of the time we did not know what they were saying mm -hmm. um, I was very, a very, very shy person and in the United States having to be shy is like something that you, sh you just shouldn't because mm -hmm. it's, and I, I just grew, I had to grow up. I, I already grew because I'm African, every African person pretty much grows Girl, up. Fast. <laughs> yeah. So I already grew, but the environment, I wasn't ready for the environment that I was placed into because mm -hmm. they didn't didn't tell you any of the things that you're going to uh, face um yeah. yeah and 
um, having African parents, you know how strict they are and how they want you like, just to be like, mm-hmm. uh, get it done. I was pushed by them to um, understand English and be able to um, uh, like translate when I can. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I wouldn't, I, most of the first like two months I couldn't say anything. Mm-hmm. And they would be like, oh, you go to school, why are you not? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. For only two months, I mm-hmm. think. Um, but yeah, I was pushed by them, and then I start instead of focusing on uh, speaking, I started focusing on understanding and being able to translate in my head in my language because that was the big part. Because we had people, uh, white people, coming over all the time, and mm-hmm. my my uh, parents were looking for me to be able to tell translate. them what's being said and stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, uh, the first year or a year, uh, half of a year, I was, I could uh, translate to my parents, mm-hmm. but I couldn't speak. I could speak a little bit, but not like connect, like good sentences and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I just, I wanted to be able to um, help my family. So that was yeah. like a huge, um, I don't know, um, accomplishment. And yeah. then I started, uh, learning how to talk but with me even at home I wasn't like the person to talk I was, I was always just the person that was in the corner just minding her business so it was hard to learn English just mm-hmm. because when you're learning it in a language you have to be able to talk practice with other people yeah but every time it was just like yeah I'm not really feeling it mm-hmm. and just pushing all those kind of things away mm-hmm. but then you just have to I had to push myself to also speak sometimes I'll say things and I'll get laughed at mm-hmm. but I knew I was learning because yeah. then someone will correct me yeah um uh yeah it was definitely we cannot go through <laughs> we the whole just a lot yeah it would yeah. be so much but yeah i did yeah. i did experience bully when i was in um i haven't i haven't really experienced it here in, like in college mm-hmm. but high school middle school oh yeah but yeah my and my sister actually i have a sister who's very furious she, she's crazy five <laughs> them. So she, she did not play <laughs> one same. person yeah one person if it, she only got like bullied once and mm-hmm. she pulled them in their place so every time i talk about how i was bullied she's like i don't even understand like how <laughs> I'm like, um yeah but like i'm i think I don't like fighting, even though I can't fight either. Mm-hmm. But I just handle it in a way that um, put us, gave us respect. I was like, mm-hmm. I reach out to counselors. That's when I was more comfortable speaking English. But people st- always thought I didn't speak English, even when I've been here like for like two, two years, three years. Mm-hmm. Two years, I speak very good English, so mm-hmm. I can understand people. But they, they just assumed African. She's African. She doesn't speak English. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It was. It was very. It was very hard. Yeah. But also being in an environment where they're speaking English every day. It yeah. Was, it was easy to 
Um, yeah, to learn faster. Yeah. And I was adopted, so my experience is a little different than you, but I can so relate with your experience. I also moved in here when I was 13 and I went to eighth grade, just like you did. <laughs> And yeah, I, learning English was very hard. And also like the school I went to was, I literally was the only black person mm-hmm. in there, like the only person like from Africa in there. So it was very hard to make friends because students, you know, already, like they grew up together because it was such a right. small town. So right. like they weren't like letting me in their circle. And also I was really quiet, mm-hmm. but not because like, I guess naturally, like, I was a shy kid, but also, like, when you don't speak English, you don't feel comfortable enough to start a conversation, so that hindered my ability to just, like, be chatty and, like, be, you know what I'm saying, like, I feel like finding my voice is something I grew into as I, like, came into college, Mm -hmm. but yeah, learning English was was a challenge, just, I feel like the environment also makes it a lot more challenging, Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I was, like, having a hard time at school with some kids, like, trying to make me say things in my language. Or there was this girl that I actually, like, reported to the principal because she was very mean to me. And she, I I can't get into everything, but she um, would try to get me to say, like, bad words in English. Mm. And I just, like, refused. Like, I'm not going to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, just to see, like, how I sound mm. with my accent. Yeah. And, uh, but then, you know, that got taken care of because I, I told the principal. But they didn't really do anything to her. They didn't, she didn't get in trouble. Mm. I literally just told them, and then maybe they just told her to not do that anymore. But, yeah, but yeah, I think it is very challenging. But also, like, it was very, um, like you said, it was a lot easier to learn because everybody around you at school spoke English. Mm. So I feel like now that I have been speaking English for this long, like I'm like not as good as my I don't my native language as I am. I don't know about you because you have family here. Mm. Um, but my sister and I were adopted, so like her and I are the only people that speak the language. Mm-hmm. So like. It's uh, we we both have to be intentional in speaking Amharic. Mm-hmm. She's a lot better at speaking Amharic than I am because she made a trip. Uh, we made we went to Ethiopia last Christmas, but then she went again, mm-hmm. and she keeps you know she has a boyfriend there, so like mm-hmm. she keeps she talks a lot in Amharic. Mm-hmm. But then another layer for me is being in college yeah. because there's no one here that I can talk to, so it makes it a lot easier. A lot harder for me to maintain, which sort of makes me sad. Um, and also, I haven't forgotten it. It, just, it would come to you once you... Mm-hmm. It's kind of like riding a bike, you know. Once you yeah. start speaking it, it will definitely come back. But still, like, it's not as easy. So, like, how has that been for you, that oh. aspect of it? It has been hard. Yeah. I, I I don't know, like, since since I started like focusing on English because once you you're in in one environment to get used to it, I feel like you have to uh, kind of put the other one aside that you grew yeah. up with and 
and focus on the uh, current one. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did, and I focused so much on learning English that sometimes my my like in English would just take over yeah. uh, instead of my um, native language, and mm -hmm. that was like. And then like translating wasn't as great as it was before because yeah. I was just like, yeah, I need to understand these words in English or that. Um, and uh, my my parents are like, yeah, we we don't like this. <laughs> You're uh, starting to speak more English than um, Kenya Rwanda, which is our native language. Mm -hmm. And but also it's like it's a lot of pressure. Like. Teachers t are telling you you need to learn yeah. more vocab and all this, and then you get home and you're like, yeah, you cannot forget your language, and it's, mm. it's all over the place. But um, I try to practice. I, I listen to uh, music um, pretty much every morning in my language. Yeah. Um, and I also talk. I have friends in India. Sometimes when I'm not busy, I FaceTime them, and mm -hmm. that's all we speaking but yeah also like you you saw it when this break yeah when, you talked to me <laughs> when i started i was speaking english but all of a sudden i changed to uh kenya and you're like yeah. what what did you say i was say? like what are you saying oh, right <laughs> that that happens a lot like yeah. i if i was for the day if i was speaking for a long time with my friends in uh -huh. that language i'm gonna speak english and mess it up with someone else thinking they they understand my yeah. language too and it, it's always like and also the culture like when i was there um when you hug someone you also give them your hands to to shake so you shake their hand after you hug okay and so um when i came back this semester mm -hmm. um i was I, sh I saw Jonathan and his friends and i went to say hi mm -hmm. and uh i don't know if you remember Eddie, but yeah. i he was giving me a hug and then I gave him a hug and then I went for the yeah. he didn't because he, he already sat down that's how they had they hug and then they leave yeah but I gave him his hand my it's hand so like funny. I was like oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like um it's hard to keep both the uh both cultures yeah yeah um but it, it's been uh, honestly a beautiful experience yeah um, but yeah, it's it's hard. I really don't want to um, forget my language, mm -hmm. but I also don't want to lose English. Yeah, yeah, that is hard. Is. Yeah, I I agree. Like, so I have friends, and I have a brother, and like my aunt and co cousins are in Ethiopia. Mm -hmm. So occasionally, we would call them and talk to them, and. Meski is very good at Amharic, so she like keeps the conversation. So we we're usually like in a group call. Yeah. And I always add English, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I'm confusing everybody there because they don't speak English. So yeah, it is like very easy to mix up your language, and also when you when you share the handshaking story, that reminds me like in Ethiopia they do like the cheek, the kiss, the kiss on the cheek. Yeah, do that but too. then with like elders like if you hug them or whatever you always or if you give them handshake you hold your yeah, hand right. out and then you hold this do you do that and yeah you do we do that yeah oh my gosh that's so that's... funny it's like a, it's a sign of respect mm -hmm. so like you not only shake their hand but you you hold your hand i'm trying to paint a visual for people listening <laughs> right but you grab your other hand and hold this hand uh -huh. kind of lifting it that's out. what we do so i remember when i first went to an american church and yes. I was greeting 
older people. And I was doing that and my parents were so confused. So were the people that I was shaking hands with. I was like, what am I, like, why is this so confusing? Right. But it's because I'm just like, occasionally I still do it. I don't do it mm-hmm. as much, but I'd be like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so that, that funny. Came, that came out and I was just like, what are you doing? <laughs> and sometimes I'm just like, yeah, I'm just going to speak the way, whatever comes out, it comes out. Like, yeah. It's, I think it's kind of beautiful. It's like, it's something it, it, it's your identifier mm-hmm. it's something that identifies you just your culture your heritage so like it's important to keep and like to not forget so that's why like i i want to be better at like practicing my language mm-hmm. i listen to a lot of ethiopian uh, worship music good uh, because one it also is like such a memory thing to me mm-hmm. because it takes me back to like when i used to listen to those things with my mom mm-hmm. so it's like very nostalgic right. and like memory and like cozy <laughs> and then i also listen to current like you know pop music or hip-hop or whatever in mm-hmm. ethiopia so which is also good to keep in the current times because i'm not only listening to songs that were popular when i was there yeah yeah uh so yeah it's tricky but it's also important to maintain as hard as it is right my um siblings at home most of them now just speaks english Mm. um when we got here some of them were little so they're now 14 and they're they're literally like over the not taller than me and mm-hmm. i'm just like what where are you going <laughs> where um, are you going? <laughs> um but they also i wouldn't if i call them i'm i know i'm not gonna, we're not gonna speak our language because yeah. they're just so into it they speak english yeah. everywhere but my i remember when we got here my dad was like yeah he, he saw uh someone who was from our country, mm-hmm. but his, his, their kids spoke English and they didn't even understand a word that we were saying in mm-hmm. our language. Yeah. And my dad was just like, yeah, my, none of my kids are going to be like that. <laughs> like, you're going to speak, you're not going to speak English more than you speak Kinyaranda. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. okay. <laughs> we'll see about that. <laughs> yeah, and then we get here and you have, we've got, we got two more siblings. Mm-hmm. And they're little. And, uh, like, last year I was at home, uh, like, when I was freshman, I went home, and my little brother, he's so cute, I was uh, trying to um, help him with math uh, mm-hmm. problems. I don't, I, I, don't, I, don't I can't do math, but I was trying to be a big sister, so, um, I mean, kindergarten math, yeah. I, I can try. Yeah. Um, and I was trying to help, and I was... Because I had been speaking Kinyaranda the whole time. So I just, I was um, um, explaining things in Kinyaranda mm-hmm. to him. And he would, he would whisper to me, um, I don't under, I understand more in English. I was like, uh... and my dad was sitting there. I was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, no, you can understand it. And then, so he's like pushing for me to keep uh, talking in Kinyaranda. Yeah, but I know my brother does not understand uh, yeah. things that I'm saying. Some some of them, but most of it, he, he understands it in English. And I was yeah. just like, yeah, my dad is being right he's now. Be like, he's <laughs> angry right now because he just, he had a goal. You knew every every kid would still speak our language. And yeah, seeing that, it's like, it's it's funny, but at the same time, like, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. When I went back to Ethiopia last year, mm-hmm. 
we would go to like different stores or like the market or whatever right. and uh, Maski would speak to them in Amharic and I also start speaking in Amharic and then I would like mix English and like maybe we would understand because like I forget how fast the language is when people are actually speaking it mm-hmm. and I have a hard time comprehending everything they say because they, they talk really fast and I'm right, hard. Right. But anyways, everybody that I interacted with was like, you cannot forget your language. You, you know, like everyone was just drilling me. Every person I met there would be like, no, this is not acceptable. Like, you can't. And I was like, I'm trying here, okay? I'm trying. Yeah. But then when we go to the market, like... This is a funny story, actually. When we go to the market, if you speak English, they, like, hire the price because they think you have money. <laughs> really? Yeah, because you're like, oh, my gosh. Like, you, like, especially if you're with white people, mm-hmm. they'd be like, oh, like, we're going to hire the price. Because everything is bargain. Oh. Like, no, there's no, like, a set price. And, like, you know. Yeah, you yeah. Know, hotel, so. Yeah, so you bargain to buy everything. But anyways, Meski and I were, like, promised each other to only speak in in Amharic when we went to the market so that they can give us like a fair price and that was like the hardest I have tried to speak Amharic yeah it was so funny it is yeah I love it but sometimes it's just like yeah it's always fun I feel like with music and like watching different dramas on like YouTube and stuff it's fun Mm -hmm. to maintain that like that's one way i think that's keeping me um definitely yeah maintain my language just me listening to music constantly and yeah it really is like it keeps you in touch with your culture mm-hmm. yeah. yeah there's some people that i love they i love what they do there's a translation a translation for kina randa now mm-hmm. so in i go off this uh train you know train mm-hmm. he now comes in and he says Naramse. i'm like oh Naramse. Uh, it means good morning I, I have to think about it first because i'm like i know he's white why is he speaking <laughs> why is he speaking um yeah, but he, he's been looking upwards and just Aww, throwing great. them up there yeah, I love I it, love it. I kind of wish sometimes there were like a bunch of us here that like oh. can just like speak I know like there's David yeah. and there's uh, Rafi right yeah does Rafi but, even speak oh Rafi is way better than I am oh, okay. <laughs> but he's a freshman and our paths don't really cross that right. much for us to, yeah. to communicate but yeah, I remember like when I saw like there was another Ethiopian student that moved here and I was like yes I was so excited and when I met David right. we talked so much and I'm heartache mm. it was just so fun to just like connect yeah. with people I, yeah it was like that for me when when Solange was here but now she's gone like, uh, we used you to still listen keep to them. contact with yeah yeah that's we, good yeah we used to, to be in the car and just listening to throwbacks in our of songs in our country mm-hmm. but not anymore and then this frank he's from rwanda but yeah. he got here when he was four so he doesn't speak any he doesn't even know how to say hi oh my god i'm still glad you're yeah. I'm <laughs> glad rwanda, but yeah yeah but he we share like he still eats the same those foods and he's like yeah i was in india he's like yeah bring this bring this bring this <laughs> I'm like, okay that's fun yeah yeah, so can you tell me a little bit about, uh, like, the importance of being in community, people from, like, the similar cultures, like, what is that like? And I know that you created that, what is it called? 
that special group? Like, what what is there is a name for um, it? Um, it's African Student Union. It's no. like, yeah, but like, there's a there's name for the. I guess it's I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> we <laughs> we you, never really picked a name. I just thought uh, it was like no. I wasn't be... like talking about the name of the group, but like what it called. What is like what's under? Uh, it's called specialty groups or something. Anyway, that's so beside the point. But uh, I was really excited that you instigated creating a group for African students or like people with you know like African families and African backgrounds. Yeah. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about that? Like, what inspired you to um, go for? There's little to no Africans here, mm-hmm. um, and. There is just so much that goes in in our, uh, in Africa that, like I said before, most people here don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they treat Africa like it's this poor country that always has problems. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's normalized that if something happens in there, they're like, yeah, what's new? It's mm-hmm. Africa. Like that just. Like, I, I can't, it doesn't sit well with me if you see a problem and you just yeah. be like, oh, well, like, mm-hmm. if, if, if you have the ability to do something, why not? Yeah. Um, and when I saw um, everything that was going on last year, which is probably still mm-hmm. going on, um, it hit home a lot for me because I've lived in Congo and I got to experience those things firsthand myself mm-hmm. um, and with everything that I've seen and um, experienced um, unfortunately I feel things even though they're not like I can still yeah, yeah. Uh, experience them even though I'm not like literally in that prison like mm-hmm. I'm safe I know that but my mind doesn't know that so it's like yeah. Um, when I see those things, um, I re-experience it. Yeah. I have what they call um, uh, C uh, complex traumatic disorder. Uh, is it like uh, uh, PTSD? Yeah, uh, CPTSD. So instead of PC, P- PTSD. PTSD, I have uh, CPTSD, which mm-hmm. is complex post-traumatic disorder mm-hmm. um it's it's like you you have to relieve you relieve things so if something is triggered by mm-hmm. your your memory is triggered by something like you it's just like it's very traumatizing um and you can never know when that's gonna happen it could be you're watching a movie and uh, you see some um things that you can relate to and then mm-hmm. that happens it's it's just all over the place mm-hmm. and so when i was seeing what was going on in congo and other places i was just like it was a stressful time for me just because of school too but then when i saw that it was like yeah it, it got worse yeah. and <clears throat> one of the reasons why i want to go in social work is that my i know I experience someone else is experiencing those experiences and mm-hmm. um, I want to be there for that person let yeah. them know that they're not alone yeah. that there's they can there's resources there's 
we can do this we can mm. it just um any way that i can be helpful so when i was talking to i see a therapy which i think everybody should see a therapy it's mm. really good yeah. um it's not really good but it, it's helpful yeah um and we, we were just talking about that because i was just so in this very my mind was just very um sick at the time and mm-hmm. um we were just talking and i was like i'm sure that there's someone on campus that probably feels the same way i feel maybe mm-hmm. not as bad because maybe they didn't experience these things firsthand mm-hmm. but their family probably did or is or mm-hmm. just just seeing your country also um in those that kind of state um yeah. is just not yeah it's it's hard it's hurtful Mm -hmm. and i was like i'm sure somebody is also going through something like that but because of how normalized it is that africa is a problematic country Mm. nobody's gonna say anything nobody's gonna it's gonna feel like because everybody's like yeah we're safe we're here Mm -hmm. it's okay um but you can i'm like you can still feel those things and my therapist like yeah you Mm -hmm. um, just because you're safe doesn't mean that um you can't relate to those things and mm-hmm. feel bad for the people that are experiencing it and yeah. uh, she suggested it at first she's like maybe you should talk to those people mm-hmm. uh, find out what they're doing i'm like well i don't want to seem like you know uh the, this girl that knows everything or, or that um because I'm going to have to tell them how messed up my mind is and all that. Mm. And it was just like, I don't want to do it, but I know it might be helpful. Mm-hmm. But I'm, So I was like, um, she was like, well, if you don't do it, I think you're going to regret it because you do want to help them if there's somebody like that there. Uh, and if you do do it and then you get bad feedback from it, um, it's, it's not gonna be good but at least you tried mm-hmm. so I just went with the second um, thing and uh, I called after my therapy was it like I and I called Joel and I was mm-hmm. like hey I have an idea I was like okay let's hear it and then I said and, but he he took it wrong too he was like he thought I was gonna be this it was gonna be this group I will be having events where I'm teaching everybody about what goes on in mm-hmm. Africa and for me at first it was just like i want to know what everybody's going through what they think or what they're thinking about mm-hmm. what's happening how is it affecting them if not how is it affecting their family mm-hmm. um and so yeah we just i just in, like texted everybody out of nowhere mm-hmm. even those who i haven't really met like team mm-hmm. I, I hadn't I, i've seen him around but i hadn't like met him but i just Mm-hmm. text him i was like yeah this is happening mm-hmm. um but yeah that was the inspiration just mm-hmm. they wanted to be there for anybody who was in the same situation yeah yeah well i am so glad you made that event like or made that group happen mm-hmm. because you're right it is very um hard to see like the country that you have called home for a while or like your family has called home for mm-hmm. a while go through these hard things yet when you're in this environment no one knows mm-hmm. or understands which is it's, it's okay that you don't know but it's hard that your friends your sister you know like your people in your community are experiencing such hard things right 
so it, it's just hard I feel like for me it was the contrast was really hard because like the past several years Ethiopia has been going through a lot there right. was war and there was people that are fleeing the country so I, when all of that was happening I was just having such a hard time just functioning here at school because I I if feels very isolating like it feels very lonely mm-hmm. because uh, that is your country that's your home your continent right and just going through such hard times yet no one around you knows mm-hmm. so you don't get a chance or a place and space to process any of it right and that is difficult so I and it's good to be in community with people that understand and care and that like you can just breathe like you're not there to educate them you're just Mm-hmm. there to be in community with them and say I'm feeling this I am triggered by this I'm experiencing this and that's such a release and such a, a life-giving experience because you're you're kind of like mourning together mm-hmm. uh, and if there is something you would if there's a celebration that you get to celebrate together so I was really glad that you made that happen because like especially right at that moment there was just so much going on Right. In Africa as a whole, but more specifically, like in Ethiopia, there was, I mean, there still is like thousands of people fleeing the country to go to Sudan because of mm-hmm. um, ethnic and political conflict. So that for me is just very hard because I have family there. Mm-hmm. I worry for their safety mm-hmm. and just, you know, worry that and they're in the midst of it or are they okay? You know, like all of that. So like to verbalize those worries and a group was very nice so thank you Clarice <laughs> you're welcome I'm glad I could help yeah so well we've talked for a while mm-hmm. so before we wrap up is there like last minute things you want to say like any advice that you want to give people earlier you mentioned about like growing into your voice mm-hmm. as like who you are and um, coming out of your shell and things like that. I very much relate with that experience of like in college, like freshman me wouldn't be recording these stories to right. share with people and things yeah. like that. So what is the importance of like honoring and owning your voice and like what is that journey like or is there any advice that you give you would give to like a freshman uh, or anything like that? Honestly, <laughs> Um, going with uh, like having your own voice I feel like having your own voice is very <sighs> I don't know what the word I'm looking for but it's like once you find your voice mm-hmm. that's that's the, the start for you mm-hmm. whether it's uh, if you want to change or because for me I always knew I, I needed a change in some way, but if you don't get out of that, because that, we all have voices in our head, but once you let, you let that voice that you're talking to inside and get it out there, mm-hmm. you can't, I'm not saying that you can't change, but it will be hard, harder for you to change when you don't let your voice speak you you, you don't let your thoughts outside mm-hmm. so for me i what made me be the person that i was shy quiet just to myself was 
I, I'm the kind of person that likes pleasing people mm-hmm. and um, listening to everything that their what their needs are but not focusing on my needs mm-hmm. was the thing that just kept me yeah I gotta please this person if they're happy then great but you're in that when you think like that it's gonna keep you in that mindset in that lonely place Mm -hmm. you won't ever find you won't ever get out if you don't see anything wrong with it so for me i had to um find a way to still because i like helping people i like when i make somebody happy Mm -hmm. but i had to find a way where i can help them but also not forget about myself because Mm -hmm. um there's this thing they say in, um, in, in social work that when you're helping people, you have a cup and you're, you know, constantly taking things out to help people. Mm-hmm. But you also have to um, have a, a, a circle or a group of people that are constantly, like, refilling what you're giving other people. And I feel like mm-hmm. I had to hard uh, learn the hard way how mm-hmm. to still please people because that's something I'm still working on I still really like I cannot like if someone asks for something I I drop everything mm-hmm. um and I'm still learning how to have boundaries and be like yeah, yeah I, I have this if I'm done and you still need me mm-hmm. I will be happy to help but but I think just um Know that you cannot please everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you you can try, but you're not. Not everybody's gonna always be pleased with what, and, and you're gonna go beyond, like far and beyond, to make sure they're happy. But there's just people that are just there to use you, and, mm-hmm. and I don't want to sound like this depressed person mm-hmm. here talking about um, those things, but it's true. Um, I think. I think that you can't please everybody. Mm-hmm. So once you find out, you find that place um, in your heart where you you're happy with um, just helping one person per day, maybe, yeah. or just putting you. If you have a schedule and be like, yeah, I can do this right mm-hmm. right now, but I can't do it the time that you're asking me, or I can do it tomorrow. Like, like just. Mm-hmm. Um, make them also value your time because time is something that you're not gonna get back and Mm -hmm. you just keep and i'm saying this but i know i know for a fact i also need to um um like keep that Mm -hmm. a goal of um not not giving too too much of my Mm -hmm. time to people that probably don't even deserve Mm -hmm. but um honestly just be yourself is what i would say yeah. Stop hiding whoever um, that you're you're born to be or mm-hmm. you're called to be, and just um, see. Because when once you do that, you'll see the people that you spent you're wasting your time on, whether they're they deserved the time mm-hmm. or not. Because once you come out, people are gonna start seeing how different you are. How they didn't think this person was in you and mm-hmm. if if those people are happy for you then yeah they did deserve um, mm-hmm. um the time that you spend on them or mm-hmm. your relationship with them but if they are not and they want you to just be the p- 
person that they called and boom, one second yeah. you're there. Or mm -hmm. if they say jump and you say how high, then yeah. the, those people do not um, probably deserve to have, you, you don't deserve that kind of uh, relationship with mm -hmm. those people. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's a lot that I can say about my growth because it, is, it has took me years and years to have this kind of mindset and mm -hmm. but the simple way is to just say be yourself yeah. and um there's this quote that goes with this like um about how like if be yourself because those who mind those who mind don't matter and those who something like that <laughs> i can't remember the whole quote but yeah, just be yourself. If someone really was meant to be in your life, it is still going to be there regardless whether yeah. you change um, the way that they want you to change or not. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. That that's wise words there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thanks for jumping from one thing to another. Yeah. Point. No, that was so important. I think about that myself too because I was also you know, like always available for people, mm -hmm. you know, like especially my earlier years here mm -hmm. on campus, I'd be um, just available whenever people need me, which is a good thing, mm -hmm. like to be yeah. there for people, like you said, but it is also important to take care of yourself right. and to honor your time because your time is available. Mm -hmm. And I like how you, you know, phrased it, like you, as much as you are filling other people's cups, you also need people that fill your right. cups or yeah. whatever. So, yeah, that's a great way to end. Thanks, Clarice. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Of course.